Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. Today is Thursday, uh, February 9th, 2023, and this is edition number 24 of season 8. We are working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith. Today we begin uh, looking at chapter 5, which contains for us the summary of God's Word on the Doctrine of Providence. Let's pray first, and then we'll consider just the first paragraph of chapter 5 together. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, look at your Word and we consider these matters on this very important and indeed encouraging uh, doctrine that is, uh, that is given to us by your Word, we pray that we would first understand it, that we would draw comfort and hope from it, and that you would lead and guide us as we study it. Lord, we know that we are dependent upon your Spirit if we are to understand these things, and so we pray for that, for him who you have promised to us. As we ask you, we ask that you'd forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and that you would guide uh, the work of our hands, that which we hear and even that which is said. May it be useful to you. May it honor you, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we have come quite a bit, quite a ways here in 23 editions of season 8. We have worked through the first four chapters of the Westminster Confession of Faith. What is important to note, and maybe I've mentioned this before, I'm not sure, but the confession has been put together in a very orderly manner. It's, these chapters are not just tossed down in some haphazard, random way, and um, in order for me to highlight this uh, in a very accurate way, uh, I want to just read uh, something from uh, a book that I've been reading. It's called Confessing the Faith, a Reader's Guide to the Westminster Confession of Faith. It's put out by, uh, well, in my opinion, the, the uh, premier expert on the Westminster Standards, Chad Van Dixhorn. But he says in the beginning of the chapter on uh, the doctrine of providence, he says, the first three chapters of the confession remind us that both the world around us and the Bible that has been given to us reveal that there is a true God who has decreed all things. From there, the confession goes on to tell us how God executes those decrees. The previous chapter outlined how God created all things. He spoke, and there they were. And in this chapter, and from this point forward in the confession, we shall see how God, the great creator, providentially upholds all things, or as the letter to the Hebrews says, how he sustains all things by his powerful word. And so we come to the issue of providence today, and uh, our shorter catechism asks the question, in relationship to what I just read, what are God's works of providence? This is shorter catechism question number 11. God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. And, and then, of course, we come to the larger catechism, question number 18. What are God's works of providence? God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing all his creatures, ordering them and all their actions to his own glory. And so that's a very succinct uh, way of understanding the matter of providence, but as we consider uh, this chapter, we'll get into some very intricate uh, details as we work, away, work our way through some of the questions and some of the issues that uh, naturally come up when we discuss this 
subject. So chapter 1 is uh, on the table for today's discussion. There we read, God, the great creator of all things, doth uphold, direct, dispose, and govern all creatures, actions, and things, from the greatest even to the least, by his most wise and holy providence, according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will, to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. And so just a few things to note here as we begin a study of the doctrine of providence. It is, as I've said, it is my favorite doctrine in all of Scripture because it is here that God's people can find great comfort. That all things that happen to us, all the things that happen to us, from even the least to the greatest to the least, and everything in between is ordered by a God who is, as the chapter plainly states, a God who is most wise and holy, a God who does this um, to the praise of His glory, of His wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. And so perhaps maybe you were driving to work today and you got a flat tire. It's an act of God's providence. It was done for your good. It wasn't done maliciously. It wasn't done in such a manner as to bring you harm or cause aggravation. It may have aggravated, uh, but the fact remains is that this was ordered by God's providence. The various things that happen to us throughout the course of our day, again, ordered by the providence of God, but they're done uh, as such as comes from a loving father as he seeks to direct the affairs of his children and bring them in more and more conformity to Christ. And so we should not resist the providence of God. Now, I say that in the sense that uh, I mean we shouldn't murmur against it, we shouldn't complain about God's providence, we shouldn't complain against God's providence. Uh, We should see them, see it for what it is, God working to conform us more into His image. Now, there are two kinds of providences. There are good providences, things that happen to us that we naturally like and enjoy. We open up our mailbox and there's found money sitting in there that we didn't expect to, sh- to, to have or to see. Uh, that's a good providence. Um, landing a good job. Um, there's a host of things. Having good health. But then there's dark providences. Uh, death of a loved one or a family member. <clears throat> um, getting the flat tire on the way to work, uh, being struck with uh, terminal illness. Those are dark providences. Indeed, we don't want them. We don't relish them. We don't look forward to them. We don't ask for them. But God does direct these things. And as our confession tells us, God, the great creator of all things, doth uphold, direct, dispose, and govern all creatures, actions, and things. Now, in Nehemiah 9, 6, Uh, We note how he upholds uh, all things. Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all the things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein. And thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worships thee. Uh, We note also from Daniel chapter 4 and verses 34 and 35, this is the event of Nebuchadnezzar being a little bit too boastful, a lot boastful, after being warned by Daniel to cease and desist his arrogance, he didn't, and he suffered a dark providence as a result. Daniel four thirty four and 35, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into heaven, 
And mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Psalm 135, verse 6, Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the sea and all deep places. And so this governance extends to all aspects of God's creation. Every single atom, every micron, every, uh, everything, all things are under the governance of the great creator of all things who upholds, direct, and disposes them. All creatures, actions, and things, from the greatest even to the least. We read that there in Matthew chapter 10 and verses 29 to 31, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. And so certainly no one would consider a sparrow flitting around, flying around uh, uh, our neighborhood as something of great consequence. Uh, but God has, is mindful of that beast, uh, that bird. How much more is he then mindful of you, especially you that are redeemed of the Lord, that belong to his family? And so he does this by his most wise and holy providence. Proverbs 15, verse 3, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Um, Psalm 104, verse 24, O Lord, how manifold are thy works, and wisdom hast thou made them. All the earth is full of thy riches. Psalm 145, verse 17, The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. And he does this according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will. He is not consulting with you and me about what we think should happen to us today. Uh, We pray for God's blessing. We pray for his favor. We pray that no dark providence would come to us, but they do. And they do because they come from the free and immutable counsel of God's own will to the praise of his glory and rooted in his wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. And it's it's very important that we see that when it comes to providence. This isn't just God being God, while it is that. It is that which flows out of His nature, His justice, His goodness, His mercy, His wisdom, and of course His power, for He He must be able to accomplish that which He determines even to do. And so Isaiah 63, verse 14, As a beast goeth down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord caused him to rest, so didst thou lead thy people to make thyself a glorious name. Genesis 45, 7, And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Psalm 145, verse 7, They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. All of these things are true of our God who is the God of providence. And so, as things come to us in our lives, we remind ourselves that God has ordered these things. 
We are not to resist the providence of God. We are not to murmur against it. We are not to complain about those things. For that is to complain against God himself. Now, we have an example of that in the Old Testament with the people of Israel who regularly murmured and complained against the God of heaven for the circumstances that they found themselves. But as we recognize and see these things, we learn to rest content in that which God has ordered for us. I understand things are not always easy. I understand that dark providences are, they're called that because they're dark and difficult and they're hard. I have experienced many of those in my own life. I'm sure you have as well. But let us never forget that we are the very uh, treasured possession of the God of heaven who orders and directs all things. He doesn't bring these things to us because he is trying to hurt us. He's trying to, uh, he, that he's, because he's being malicious to us or be, simply because he can because he's God. He brings these things into our lives because of his great love for us. And sometimes love means difficult things that we might learn, that we might be conformed more and more into the image of Christ. God doesn't always give us dark providences. There are many times in our lives, in fact, I would argue many more times in our lives are are good providences than dark ones. And it's there that we see the blessing of God and we see his favor for us and we can acknowledge very plainly how kind he's being towards us. Let's just remember, we, we don't deserve any good thing from God in the first place. And so when we receive those good providences in life, and all of it is indeed an act of providence, we should be very thankful people and we should give praise to him for the way in which he has treated us. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the um, Friday edition, when we uh, consider um, a little bit more of of this paragraph, I want to discuss a little bit further some of the aspects that are here uh, and, um, and borrowing a little bit from the catechisms as well. May the Lord help you today. May may he bless you. May you uh, find your comfort and hope in him. Come what may, may you trust him in all that you do. God bless.